Digital Consciousness Radio, where we aspire, we desire, we conspire and delight in the delicious words of human awareness, driving it deep into the hearts of every being, whether it be in our business lives, our personal lives, or even our conscious lives, and perhaps giving you a hmm moment that just makes you stop and think about the world that it is that we live in today. Digital Consciousness Radio, digitally enhancing humanity. Hey everyone in the digital consciousness community, welcome to the next uh, episode of Digital Consciousness TV where we get to interview some of the most amazing thought leaders in the world uh, in the most candid of environments and today is definitely no exception. Today has been um, an amazing experience to be able to be in the presence of uh, Don Miguel and uh, Don Miguel was the author of The Four Agreements, the book The Four Agreements, if you haven't got that one out go and get it. It's one that actually significantly came at a time in my life that changed my life completely. Really easy to read uh, and just the, 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 the learnings in that are profound and I still live to those four agreements today. Uh, he's also created his uh, forthcoming book which is called The Toltec Art of Life and Death um, and it's basically a story of self-discovery. He uh, was an amazing um, person that really grew up in uh, a family of 13 children <laughs> and he was born in rural Mexico to um, his parents who were, who were both healers and practitioners and um, when he uh, he got to the point of um, I think it was a near fatal car crash that basically changed the direction of his life and it caused him to, to leave the world of medicine he was a, um, he practiced uh, neurosurgery um, with his older brother and he left that world uh, and then started to look into the truth of life and humanity and with his mother's help he actually went through a series of ancestral teachings and he found that uh, he found through those through those teachings he reached his own path of awareness and uh, and what happened was it evolved into a deep understanding of the physical universe uh, but also the virtual world of the mind and so today we talk about all sorts of different topics in the field of love, in the field of relationships, in the field of self-love, uh, as well as looking at the concept of that we are together, or the, the concept of the, the illusion of separateness, and uh, many other topics. I've also asked um, a question from one of our um, community, digital consciousness community members as well and looking at uh, the love and, and the boundaries and finding that balance. So it was a truly enlightening discussion to be able to uh, share the space with the wonderful mind of Don Miguel. So please, if you do resonate with this, share the love. There's a lot of wonderful learnings here to be able to tap into a mind such as Don Miguel's uh, is truly remarkable and uh, for us to be able to have access to this at any any given time um, is fantastic so so I would highly recommend to uh, take some time out it's about a 45 minute interview and take the time out to just absorb <laughs> the wisdom uh, that comes from someone as great as, uh, as Don Miguel and uh, just just in the interview process you know is just pure love you just feel um, so much love and just um, authenticity from from him so if you haven't also got his book I'll be putting some links in in the post but um, go check it out uh, the, the Toltec Art of, uh, of Life and Death and again if, if this does resonate we can't get this this amazing content out there without you guys backing us and you've been doing su such a wonderful job already just sharing the love and sharing the interviews so make sure that you uh, take the time to share this with your loved ones because there are some amazing learnings in here that um, that you can gain access to in the, in the journey of your own self and the journey of your own self-discovery uh, so yeah enjoy the interview um, it's almost so it's past midnight here, so it was uh, the time zone difference. So uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm about ready to uh, to take my learnings into my dream state. <laughs> uh, so until then, guys, keep digitally conscious and um, share the love. And I hope to chat to you soon. We've got uh, next up. We'll have Lisa Nichols, um, who is another amazing, inspiring leader. So until then, guys, keep digitally conscious. Peace. All right. 
Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Don Miguel, for joining us today on Digital Consciousness TV. Um, our community have been so excited to hear from you and hear your wisdom and, and especially hear about your uh, your new book uh, that's out as well, which, um, well, uh, you know, the Toltec art of... of uh, of life and death <laughs> so uh so thank you so much for joining us really do appreciate it oh it is really my pleasure this is a wonderful day <laughs> beautiful now um one of the topics I, I i often when i do these questions i want to ask things that would come up in my mind and so the t first topic was really on being together yet alone and what we do is we find the balance in the paradox of the notion that we are together yet we are alone and this can be in itself a lifetime of understanding for some people and sometimes completely missed by others. So we're, and we're all given these wings of greatness, yet we're conditioned to um, a clipped version of these wings by society, cultural conditioning and perhaps generational subconscious conditioning. Um, yet our unique flight to this awareness of self is what makes our journey a solo one. Um, with its own learnings, its own story, its own evolution, and this perception of arriving back to what we originally were, which was mm -hmm. pure love. <laughs> and once we set flight on this solo journey, we find ourselves flying alongside others in a parallel sharing of self-actualization. So this concept that we have come into this reality in, into the illusion of separateness only to become aware that we aren't separate <laughs> can, be, can be very challenging for the human mind to grasp, especially with the concept of love. Um, it's almost counterintuitive to find the balance with love. Um, so that, that balance of love of self, love of others, where we sit in the heart of that paradox of loving so much that we don't need. So how do you find this balance of sitting in the heart of that paradox within yourself when it comes to love? Well, I can say that the whole thing is really about awareness, mm. to be aware of what we really are. You know, for centuries, for millenniums, we have those, those big questions, every human. Who am I? Where am I coming from? Where am I going? Why am I here? Well, this is a very interesting question, and there's been so many people who do the best they can in order, in order to answer those questions. Mm. Well, uh, we complicate everything trying to explain it, but really it's, ex it's extremely simple. First of all, uh, what we are. Well, what is the truth, really? You know, the whole universe, everything that exists, it's just a binary system. Mm -hmm. Just like the computers, that uh, the binary system is one and zero, and with these two digits, we can see everything that is in the script, we can hear all the sounds, and it's amazing to see the whole virtual reality that exists in the computer. Well, the truth is exactly the same, because the computer is just a reflection of that truth. But instead of one and zero, is life and death. Mm -hmm. Another way to say it is energy and matter. Everything is made by energy moving matter. Mm -hmm. Then matter has a beginning and has an end. And matter is, is evolving by the action of life, which is the action of energy. Then we can see how energy or life is working in matter. For example, a conception. The mother uh, gives half of a cell, the father another half of a cell, and each of those cells have 23 chromosomes and together create a, a whole blueprint of a future human. Well, this is matter, but life goes into that blueprint and make only one cell. And by the action of life, that cell starts dividing. Mm -hmm. It is divided in billions of cells. It gives shape, form, but that by the end is a human, a human body. Well, this human body is matter and has a beginning and will have an end. 
But in that matter, life exists. Life is moving it, it's making grow. Mm-hmm. When we was born, we start growing very fast. Then we start growing old, we multiply, and by the end, the physical body will die. Mm. But life, the one who is working in that matter, is eternal, is energy. Energy cannot be destroyed, only transformed. Mm. Then when we see our own physical body, we have these two elements in us. We have the matter, which is the body, and we are life, who is moving that body. Then that matter has the, uh, the ability to reflect life, to reflect energy. Well, in the reflection of that energy, it creates a whole virtual reality, mm. just like the computer. And that virtual reality is our mind. Then everything that you perceive right now is only exists in your brain. The reflection is your mind. And we can believe that we perceive objects, but it's not true. We only perceive the light that has been reflected in every single object that we perceive. And that light projects into our eye, into our brain, the image of all those objects, mm. creating a whole virtual reality, an exact copy, but opposite of what we are perceiving. Then we can see that our physical body is really our home mm-hmm. and it's inanimated if we don't move it. But we are moving our physical body all the time. And our nerve system, especially our brain, is reflecting us. And that reflection of us is our mind. And we fill that mind with everything that we know. Mm-hmm. And we do that because the brain is prepared to perceive, analyze, and create a whole story because it comes in our blueprint, not because we humans are very intelligent, no. Mm-hmm. We just are, follow the, the blueprint. Then we can see the entire humanity, we are exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And together we create a whole living being, which is humanity. Mm-hmm. Just like your body is made by billions of cells and all together create your body, where we all humans together we create humanity. And humanity is just part of a bigger living being, which is the planet Earth, our bigger home. And that Earth is alive because it's matter and life is moving that matter. And that beautiful planet Earth is made by a lot of different organs. Mm. Just like your body has a brain and heart, lungs, etc. Well, the earth have atmosphere, ocean, forest, every single species is an organ of the planet earth. Then we, the humans, we are also an organ of the planet earth. And the main function that we humans have is to transform what we perceive and manifest it. Everything that exists already in the earth, we perceive it, we use our imagination, and we manifest by recreating what already exists. And this is how we create all the civilizations that ever exist in this beautiful planet Earth. This is how we create uh, planes, television, cars, everything that we know are clothes. Yeah. That we, we can see really that what we really are is nothing but that binary system, matter and energy or in other words, life and death. Mm-hmm. Then by the end, we find out that there's only one being that is alive. We can call it in whatever name we want to. Mm, I love that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, and while we're on the topic of um, like, uh, the life and death and, and your book, The Toltec Art of Life and Death, um, I love this passage in it where you say, if each of us could love ourselves as we wish to be loved, then we wouldn't let our hunger for love make decisions for us. 
So when we look at the concept of the biology of the human heart, it can be mistaken for being selfish because it filters the best blood in the body first so it can survive, mm -hmm. leaving the rest of the blood for the other organs to function. So if the heart doesn't do this, it obviously would not survive. And, and to me, this is a little bit like love. It's counterintuitive at the best of times in order for our love to be in its purest form. We must first practice the art of self-love. Um, but it's not to me, it's not a, a self-centered act. It's rather an act of centering oneself. However, what I've found in, in, and what's got me thinking is there's a delicate balance between the loving of self and not being self-centered. So how do we know if we are authentically taking time for the self-care versus coming from a self-centered state? Well, this is very easy question. The answer is extremely easy also. Well, as we say a little before, uh, the brain will reflect the real us. The real us is nothing but pure love. Mm. And in the reflection, we create uh, an image that is exactly the opposite. It's the same, but the opposite. Well, with that image, we create a whole story, mm. a reality that we create. Each one of us create a virtual reality. And in that story, we create a main character then the whole story is about the main character. Mm. Like in your story, everything is about you. Mm. And you believe whatever you believe, you behave whatever you behave, and you live in that story, and you believe that what, that what you know is the truth. Mm. But the problem is that there's 7 billion people <laughs> doing exactly the same thing that you do. They create their own story, in that story, they have a main character, and that main character, they believe that what they know is exactly the truth. And of course, everything is about you, mm. because you are the center of your universe. You create that universe, it's your world, and you live in your own world. Anyway, they do exactly the same thing. Mm. Then of course, you are self-centered, because you're the main character of your story. Mm. And it is okay. This is not the problem. Mm. The problem is the distortion of love that we did. Yeah. Because uh, it's, it's the opposite. And based on that, we create the story of love. Mm. What, what is love in our own story? And we, when we was born, we had no knowledge. Mm -hmm. Then we are completely innocent, but when the brain was ready, then our parents hooked our attention and they teach us what we know. Mm. We went to school, they hooked our attention and they teach us what they know. And they prepare us to be like the rest of the humans. Anyway, we learn to love the same way that they do. And they love exactly the opposite of what love is, what mm -hmm. real love is. Then real love is unconditional. Well, the way we learn to love is with conditions. Mm -hmm. Because everybody around us, they love with conditions. Mm -hmm. And this is the main problem in the human mind, that we love with conditions. Mm -hmm. I love you if Yes. You let me control you. Yeah. Yeah. If you do whatever I want you to do, we can be extremely happy. Mm -hmm. If you behave the way I want you to behave, there will not be any problem. If you speak what I want you to speak, <laughs> wow, everything will be just happiness. Yeah. But everybody thinks exactly the same thing. We love with conditions. Yeah. Then our parents love us with conditions. They push us to be the way they want us to be, and they domesticate us in that way. Mm -hmm. yeah. We went to school, exactly the same thing. Then we see how everybody else love each other, and you find exactly the same thing. They love each other with conditions. They want to impose what they believe to other people. Mm -hmm. And everybody loves you with conditions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you learn to love everybody with conditions. You love your friends if they 
obey you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, but a, that's, the, that's interesting because one of, the, one of the questions that I had for you was around the condition, you know, in falling in love, that, mm-hmm. um, you know, we do focus on exactly what you're saying. We focus on the conditions that encourage alignment and most people who do it will do it in a conditioned way. So with that conditioning in place before they actually get to know each other, before we break in the process of blending with another, um, it's blending with condition, like like you mentioned. So these conditions mm-hmm. then take us out of alignment. If you blend with, say, another's energy, it's wise to first come into alignment with who you are first. So then you mm-hmm. attract your beloved from that place. So so when we begin the artistic journey of the dance that it is blending the two souls together we only get what it is that we give as a culture we're constantly auditioning the other person Mm -hmm. to see if they are worthy of our love because it reflects Mm -hmm. back to us that that we're in fact not worthy of we don't believe we're worthy of our own love but when we what i found is when we hold a space for our beloved to be worthy brilliant talented um, it's in that very moment that we actually show up as worthy brilliant and talented and then that alchemical pool of possibility comes alive so if the notion that we are constantly evolving on this journey of self and it could be said that we're never really attracting our beloved from a whole sense of self but rather a fragmented self albeit at different levels we often evolve further by blending with another person so when we meet with that other person, we, we reach that point of the next evolution of, of our learnings. Mm-hmm. So, so when do we know when, or when do we know when we call in our one that we are doing it without condition prior to blending with them? And how do we begin the process of, say, undoing that conditional loving? Okay, this is also very simple. Mm. We see how everybody loves each other, how we love them, and how they love us. Well, the main problem is that we love ourselves also with conditions. Mm -hmm. And that creates the biggest drama in our mind. Mm -hmm. I love myself if, if I can become the way I wish to be, if I can please everybody else's about what they think about me, And if I don't don't uh, do that, then I will judge myself and I will punish myself mm. because we are not perfect. Yeah. And that is the biggest lie that we have. <laughs> I am not perfect. Yeah. You know, in this, in the real universe, where everything is perfect, how can we humans are not perfect? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, we believe that because we love ourselves with conditions. Then the same way that you are searching for a beloved who who is what you want him to be, mm. well, you do the same thing with yourself. Mm. You only accept yourself if you become what we wish to be, the way you should be. Yes. But if you believe that you are not perfect, then that search will go for your entire life and you never will be perfect according to the human point of view because it's not true. Mm. Everyone is perfect. They just don't know they are. Mm. Then when you see yourself and you accept yourself just the way you are, if you can love yourself without conditions and you see that you're just perfect the way you are, from that point of view, now you can see somebody else. <laughs> Then you don't need to search for a lover. Yes. No. It's very much in the in the searching that we never find because the searching is from the ego self, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well, you just be yourself. Yeah. And love yourself the way you are. Yes. Then when you have that beautiful smile, and you are so nice, everybody will want to be around you. Mm-hmm. Everyone will want to be your lover. <laughs> But not because they want to, you have to say yes. Mm-hmm. Then that puts you in a very advantage position. Mm-hmm. Because everybody wants to be with you, but then you will choose the one you want to. Mm-hmm. But not because you are needed, because you don't need anybody to be with you. Because you already have yourself, mm-hmm. and you are so happy with yourself. Mm-hmm. What you don't want is that someone come and break your happiness. Yes. Because their own selfishness. Mm. No, then you just see 
Uh, you can go to dinner with whoever, but to live without someone, then you have to make a decision mm -hmm. if you want it or you don't want it. Yeah. And that will be based in how you love yourself. How will you treat yourself? How you respect yourself? Mm. Because you will not be with anybody who don't love you and respect you. If someone tries to abuse you, you will not be there. Yeah. And the reason is simple because you don't abuse yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then if someone abuse you, your limit of someone to abuse you is how much you abuse yourself. Yeah. Because if you believe that you're not worth it, I will be done. You are not worth it. Mm. If someone mistreats you and you feel, you think that you deserve it, you will stay there. Yeah. yeah. We accept the love yeah. we think we deserve. <laughs> yeah, then really the relationship that you should have is not with somebody else but with yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody yeah. else will come in your life and that will go to your life mm -hmm. for one reason or another. Mm -hmm. Even because they die, or they go with somebody else, or a circumstance they take him apart from you. But nobody really stay with you all of your life. Mm. The only one who stay with you for all of your life is your physical body, and it's matter. Mm. That we make mistakes and we punish our body. Or we judge your body because we don't like the way we, it looks in the, in the mirror. Mm. Your body is always loyal to you. Yeah. Then your body really should be the love of your life. Mm. Mm. At the time that you leave your body, well, your body will disappear, <laughs> but you, you never will die. Yeah. Nobody ever will die. Mm. Just the physical bodies, they will go, of course. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and so I hope that answers your that question. That was amazing. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. That 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 uh, that touched me. Thank you. <laughs> um, in 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 the awakening of your heart attack in 2010 that you had, and you you you've embodied a new perspective that as society as a society the majority weren't living their true authentic selves. Yet we live in a world where we have created that we've created, which pulls us away from this with distractions and conditioned ideologies of what we should be however today the term authenticity um, is being overused and um, we're finding people trying <laughs> to be authentic which in itself is an oxymoron so the paradox of the journey to the authentic self is that we're consistently learning seeking finding the meaning in it and then we arrive at a point where we actually realize it has no meaning <laughs> and then we create the meaning based on our original illusion so we seek to find only to find that we don't need to seek but in a world that is constructed on meaning on stories on identification of archetypes or roles to play is being authentic just becoming another role for example could could we so so for example if if someone could be really really passionate about their opinion and this to them is their authentic selves they tell them this is me being authentic i'm passionate about this topic it got me wondering aren't they just believing their own story and telling themselves it's authentic <laughs> is authenticity for each person the same as our fingerprints you know do we completely are we they're completely different for everyone depending on the story that they construct around their illusion of what it means to be authentic so my question is is it therefore ever true authenticity if it's constructed from our own illusion okay well uh it, uh, it was a very long question it had <laughs> several answers because well number one authenticity okay yeah. um my son uh, miguel Ruiz jr he just uh, published a book that is a mastery of self mm -hmm. And in, in that one, uh, what what he described is that uh, when you awake, when you become authentic, what you really are, in it's like a be in a in a party where there's thousands of people, mm -hmm. but and everybody is drunk, but you, mm -hmm. you are the only one sober. Yeah. Then everybody will uh, say their stories, what they believe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Some will be more drunk than others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
but you are the only sober that you <laughs> will understand right away that they're just stories. Yeah. None of that is true. Then if you want to really be part of them, you need to drink something and be part of that story. Mm-hmm. But you do it just just because of that. But really, uh, when you when you master yourself, you are completely a part of the, the entire society. You are not part of that. Mm. And is that alcohol is uh, self-importance what they really uh, are drunk of? Mm. Now, um, to to reach the point of your authenticity, you need to to really follow the agreement number five, the one that my son Jose wrote um, last last decade, and this is be skeptic but learn to listen, mm. which means. Don't believe me, don't believe yourself, and don't believe anybody else, but listen. Because mm-hmm. in what they say will be so many wonderful things that will help you, and you can take it for you. And there's so many things that you disagree, and you just let it go. Mm-hmm. But by, by doing that and, and listen, you gain a lot of respect. You respect everybody else's story, and you understand that what they say, even if they say that they are completely authentic, mm-hmm. well, this is the truth in their story. <laughs> and it's true for them, not necessarily is true for you. Yes. But because you listen and you respect, you just, it's not your problem, it's not your business. Mm-hmm. They can believe whatever they want to, and they will not make any influence in you because you don't believe them. Mm. And when you are with yourself, and you tell to yourself all those lies, you don't have to believe yourself. Like many people can say, oh, I'm so fat, I'm so skinny, and nobody is perfect, all that. Well, if they believe that, they they, they, they really uh, will not be authentic. Mm-hmm. Then if, if you can see that, you can see the authenticity has nothing to do really with concepts or anything like that. Mm. You know, when you're authentic, you don't try to be authentic. Yeah, that's right. Either, either you are or you are not. Yeah. Then most of the time, perhaps you are authentic, and sometimes you are not authentic. Mm. And, and it's okay if you're not authentic. Mm. You may have a reasons why not to be authentic. It's almost because the per- awareness of it, isn't it, to have that yes. awareness. Yes, because, because perhaps when you, when you don't want to be authentic and you want to, to participate with other people, you may drink a little self-importance and you can be part of the conversation. But if you know that you're not being authentic, it will not affect you. Mm. The problem is when you believe yourself, then don't believe me, Mm -hmm. don't believe yourself, and don't believe anybody else. Mm -hmm. Just be whatever you believe you are. And even when you find out, you also find out that you don't have to be you. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so when when we um we reach sometimes when we reach a point in our lives where we feel it has no meaning and we we are say in a state of not knowing who we are. Um what if being undefined is the best possibility that there is? You know, if we have no idea <laughs> who we are, then we have to choose to create ourselves and our reality and we can generate and create anything from this place since nothing defines us in the first place. And then we begin to understand the term that it is in losing ourselves that one finds. Yet we've been taught conditionally to always have a point of view of ourselves and um, to seek that outward validation predicated on conclusions and judgments. So if we start to see that we have this ability to completely recreate that which we know to be real and we start to challenge our own story that we've created that we call our life, (laughs) how can we successfully begin to navigate this new thought paradigm without getting stuck in the old beliefs? Okay, that's very easy also. Mm. Do you know that the dogs and the cats, they don't know they're dogs or cats. <laughs> we call them dogs, we call them cats. Yes. We call them elephants and whoever. They don't know what they are and they don't care. <laughs> Why we humans have to care of what we are? Yeah. 
that we don't need to pretend to be what we are not. You see a dog very happy, jumping, having fun, same like a cat or any other animal mm. or any species. They just are themselves, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Well, I can say that I really don't know what I am. I can justify my existence to say, well, I am a male human being. I'm a medical doctor. I'm an author. And I can say whatever I believe about me. Mm-hmm. But is that really truth? I don't think so. No. I have no idea what I am and I don't need to know. Mm. I am happy. I am alive. And by being happy and alive, I will do what I love to do. Mm. By doing what I love to do, I got passion. And I enjoy what I'm doing. Mm. And that passion gives me inspiration. Did you always have mm. that, that, that awareness piece or was there a moment where really that really landed for you to have that understanding? With that passion, I mm. get Hey, back. <laughs> there oh, you go. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what's happened. That's okay. Anyway, I think it just uh, I think I, it might have popped the whole yes. button. That's okay. <laughs> okay. I, I was saying that with that passion, you get inspiration. Mm-hmm. And when you inspire, you create a masterpiece of art with your life. Mm-hmm. Then your story becomes a masterpiece of art that you enjoy most of the moments. And of course, many events will come who will disturb what we are doing. But what is important is how we react to any challenge that comes into our life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we understand them and we don't care if they understand us or not. Mm. Then we become wise. Yeah. yeah. Mm, it's beautiful. It has nothing to do with knowledge, really. No. I think we complicate it. If we get out, get ourselves out of the way, yeah. <laughs> then life journey. is very simple and yes. it's very easy. Yeah. We complicate everything. Mm. Mm. Why do you think we do that? Why, why, you know, if we do it as a culture, is, is it, is it sort of, you know, is it an, is it an illusion that we've created that we need to complicate things? And has that gone back generations or, or has, yeah, have we is, is this is this learned behavior that we complicate or is it biological in the mind you know that we have the neocortex and it's the thinking part the conscious part of the brain and it's like we've got to we've got to figure it out <laughs> is it- okay we do that because we love ourselves with conditions ah. that is the problem mm. it's the whole problem we love ourselves with conditions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's the answer honey that's it Love it. <laughs> so, so in the journey, in the journey of loving, um, loving yourself, you know, loving yourself yes. can can be taken out of context by um, people's ideologies and the attachment to the meaning of ego. So, the ability to have true love for the soul that we are um, isn't about looking in the mirror and thinking, "Well, we look great," or something like that. It's more, to me, a real love of who you are. And only you truly know yourself, your shadows, your capacity for greatness. Um, this love for self can come in the form of um, not being so harsh on ourselves when we do something that's perceived as wrong or the ability not to judge ourselves or compare ourselves or hurt ourselves um, with the internal mind chatter that goes on. So we're taught through many spiritual teachings that um, the, that it is in loving oneself that we find the depth of freedom and surrender but if we if we love ourselves just the way we are, and it's based on our own illusion, is are we learning to love ourselves or love our illusion? Okay, the illusion is always there, mm. and there's nothing we can do to to let go of that illusion because mm-hmm. it's it's there because our body our body is alive because we give life to the body. Mm. Like while we are in our physical body. Illusion will go everywhere. Mm. And the mind, as you can see, is a virtual reality. Mm-hmm. And that disappears as soon as you close your eyes. Mm. Then close your eyes right now. Everything disappears. Mm-hmm. Open your eyes. Everything appears right away. <laughs> you see, it, that's your mind. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> it's illusion. Yeah. But it's, yeah. but it's based in reality. Mm. 
because everything outside of you really exists. You just don't perceive it with your eyes, mm -hmm. but you still perceive it with your ears, with your skin, with your nose. But mm -hmm. if you close your eyes, all the images just disappear. Yeah. <laughs> Then yes. it means that what is in your mind is, is not real. Mm. But what is outside, it is real. You just don't perceive it. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when we're talking about, I, I wanted to, I wanted to touch on a topic that I think uh, a lot of societies seem to have um, come up when they're relating or in a relationship, a loving relationship with a partner mm -hmm. or somebody. Um, and in the beginning, new relationships are wonderful. You know, we first meet someone and we fill in the gaps about what we know of the other person to be some pretty positive assumptions. Um, but mm -hmm. when we become, when, when someone becomes jealous, um, a whole mm -hmm. new dynamic is born. We act out of fear of losing someone and what happens is we open up this small window to our soul. And we know that people are incredibly sensitive to subtle behaviours and body language mm -hmm. and um, it's our behaviours that can create the subconscious dissonance within the other person so our reactions to these behaviors can tell us a lot about the other person and it becomes a very unfiltered raw insight into our subconscious with our, us and our partner and you can be sure that there's that if there's one feeling that we all share then it's one that's proved to increase the survival and reproductive success of millions of generations that came before us but then it's something the one thing we share is this topic of jealousy um, We inherit our instincts and, and jealousy, which has become almost a part of our biological makeup. Um, but it's doubtful that in our modern world, these feelings have the same effect that they did hundreds of thousands of years ago. Um, what I feel, I, I feel like it's important that we recognize that we all have the propensity to get jealous. But what can we begin to do to, to undo this inherited condition um, and live from a place of freedom, void of fear and only full of love when we are in a relationship with someone? Well, it's very simple. The answer is the truth. Mm -hmm. Okay? Let's see. The truth is that you don't own anybody. Yeah. And nobody owns you. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. Yeah. It doesn't matter you married, whatever you want to do. You don't own anybody. Mm. And nobody owns you. That is absolutely the mm. truth. And, and if, you, if, if you're just aware of that, mm. you may see how everything may start changing. Mm. You know, you was born alone, you mm. grow up alone, and you will die alone. Mm. All the secondary characters in your story will come and go. Yes. The, the, the problem is that you feel, oh, this, he is mine. Yeah, that's right. And nobody can play with my toy. <laughs> yeah. Then that that becomes jealous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, that is just in your mind in the drama, mm. because you know the truth is that your man can go wherever he wants to make with whoever. That is the truth. Yeah. If if he decides to do that or not, it's not your problem. It's his problem. Mm -hmm. And the same with you. Mm -hmm. You can go and make love with whoever you want to, whenever you want to. And this nobody business but yours. Yeah. Yeah. Then if, if you tell him what you are doing, that will create a crisis mm -hmm. in his story. Yeah. Not necessarily in yours. And you will create a different crisis. Mm. Like a, you can have guilt, shame, whatever. Mm. But you're not. Is it your blueprint that you are a woman mm. and you have the need for sex? Mm. then you can feel attraction for somebody and it's up to you to, to take a decision or not yeah. but it's the same with your men it's exactly the same the same, the same thing mm. he is a man he follows his blueprint yeah. and he can feel attraction for somebody else mm. and I can, I can assure you that if he made with, with somebody else He's not doing that to hurt you. No. It's nothing to do with you. Exactly. It's yeah. just in his dream. And if you make love with somebody else, mm. you're not even thinking in your man. Mm. You're into what you're doing and have nothing to do with that man. Yeah. Yeah. 
then when we use the truth, everything becomes so easy. Mm-hmm. Now, the truth is really in, in, in you, in your story. That if you know that the truth will can cause certain kind of problems, you have to be wise in order to share or not to share that truth. Yes. And if someone come and tell you his truth or whatever, well, it will be up to you how you're going to react. Yeah. Because, you know, I can tell you something. The worst thing that can happen to you is to be with someone who don't want to be with you. Exactly. Mm. That will be the worst thing yeah. that can happen. Mm. Or if your man is living with you when you don't want him, mm-hmm. it's the worst that can happen to him. Mm. Yeah. Then many times you may accept your man just because whatever, because you feel sorry or who knows, mm. or you don't feel secure. You know, there's so many different things that may happen. Mm-hmm. But this is the worst that, 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 can, that can happen. If you are with someone who don't want who, who don't want to be with you, yeah. and you beg to that person to be with him, mm. you are not respecting yourself. Mm. And there is and a by, sense of freedom that comes from well, just... and, and by begging, mm. he will misuse the power that he have over you, Correct. and mm-hmm. really mistreat you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because now in his mind you are not worth it. Yes. He will think that you're just a little whore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And are you really? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Then the truth is really what can save us. Mm-hmm. And yes, the truth will hurt a lot of our lives, a lot of our, our illusions. Mm-hmm. But yes. it's better to know the truth than to keep living in all those lies. Yes. And being with someone who don't want to be with you, mm. or being with someone who you don't want to be with, yeah, yeah, it's better just live your truth. Live the truth. That's it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> and in your journey, um, you've—I mean, you've had quite a quite a remarkable life. And where I'm, I'm particularly interested in in when you had the heart attack and the awareness that came mm-hmm. from that, can you share those insights of that journey that you had through what was uh, what was clearly a life changing experience? Oh well, that that is uh, extraordinary. Yeah, you know, I was so excited when I had the heart attack. <laughs> it was yeah, it was hurting very bad, but it, it was great because I will have the greatest experience, yes. and I have the opportunity to share that with my apprentices. Yes. In, in, in any way, I, I shared that in this book, The Art, Art, the Toltec Art of Life and Death. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I shared the story of how I face the conflict that exists in my mind. Mm-hmm. And the conflict is between the truth and lies. Yeah. And how the main character of my story was facing all those lies, all those superstitions, and break, the, break them down until I got my, my personal freedom. Well, it's the same conflict that every single human have. Mm. There's so many lies and one truth. And this is the real conflict. It's, it, of course, the stories are different, mm-hmm. but the, the drama is the same. The conflict is the same. Then with this book, everybody have the tools how to face their personal conflict, mm-hmm. their personal superstition, personal, personal lies, etc., and how we redeem what they believe. Mm-hmm. Because the whole thing is about the retention of of our beliefs. That in my book, the, the, it have a, a name which is Lala. It's all what I believe about everything, with all the superstitions and everything, and how uh, we find the truth by having uh, these memories of the moments of truth, mm-hmm. when the truth arise and break all those lies. Mm-hmm. And this is what leads us into be authentic, into mm-hmm. be yourself. Yeah. And to find the truth, which is life and death. Mm, and it's a wonderful book. Um, we'll be putting links in for people to um, gain access to it so they know how to uh, get their hands on on, uh, on your book. It's fantastic. Um, now, one more question that comes from, I like to put it out to my community, and I had a question that came from um, Rodolfo. And um, he, uh, he, he asks the question, in opening to love, It seems that truly letting yourself receive can sometimes be more difficult than giving. Um, What are some ways that we can learn to receive fully 
while all, also having clear boundaries? Well, it's, it's very simple also. Yeah. We can say that real love it is uh, equilibrium between gratitude and generosity. Mm. We need to be grateful for what we receive. We know how to receive. Mm-hmm. And we need to know how to give. Mm-hmm. And that equilibrium is real love. You know, for example, when you make love mm. and um, you give the best you can, then if your partner have gratitude, that gratitude will become generosity and he, he will make love to you even much better than before mm-hmm. that make you feel the gratitude. Mm-hmm. And your gratitude becomes generosity again and you even mm-hmm. do even better than before. Yeah. And he do better than before and, and both rise yes. in love yes. until in any moment you guys just forget that you have physical body. Yes. And the love becomes only one. I call that race in love versus if you make love with someone and that someone has no respect and don't, don't have the gratitude, mm. well, next time you will not do that. Yes. Yeah. And if, uh, if people already react with selfishness, very soon you will not be there. Mm. Mm, thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're very That's welcome. wonderful. Now, um, I, I always wrap up all my interviews by asking the same question, um, which is, what do you feel it means to be digitally conscious? Digitally conscious. Well, to be aware that uh, your mind is nothing but digital. <laughs> and it's a virtual reality. It's not real, but it's beautiful. It's very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much and uh, oh, you're really, very do, welcome. really do appreciate you taking the time to speak with us so if people want to find out more i'm gonna i'm gonna put your website and all the links Please. below but but yeah. what, what's what's coming up for you what's the next sort of from here onwards what are you working on now obviously the book but um but what's what's happening next in in the wonderful chapter that is you <laughs> well there's so many things that i'm doing right now um in effect, we are, we are we're working on the next book that will be released next year. Wonderful. And, um, well, we, uh, I, I'm helping my children because I, I, I hardly do any more engagements. Yes. But uh, my two children, they're really getting better and better and better. <laughs> and I support in them. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, I look forward to continuing to follow in your journey and your children's journey. And um, thank you once again for um, taking the time and gifting us with your time. It's been um, it's been a true honour and um, very grateful. <laughs> okay. Thank you. You have all my love. <laughs> thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.